0: I'm a man. I'm 40. It's all you boys. They my brothers. They my friends. Yeah. I at Coach Sumlin. Yo. I at the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. We're back.
1: Hello and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My name is Tanner Price and I'm here with my co-host Greg Hockert. Um, Greg, what did you think? I'm gonna we're gonna not talk about Big Twelve for a minute. We're gonna talk about the Big Ten. What did you think about that historic low between Iowa and Minnesota?
0: I don't even know what to (laughs) say to that. (laughs) What was the final score? Twelve to ten? Yes. I've seen baseball scores higher than that. Um yeah, I mean it's in typical Big Ten West fashion, you know. Um what do they say in the Big Ten West? You need at least ten points to win or something like that.
1: Something. What I was uh was Iowa's yardage in the second half more surprising or the score? They had two yards in the second half. I definitely the yardage. You can fall forward
0: <laughs> for like five yards if like you can luck yourself into it. A three yard gain. I mean, it can't be that hard. Um, Tanner, do you think that if one of us was at running back for the entire yes. second half of yes. that game, that we're get more than two yes. yards?
1: Yes. One hundred percent.
0: Oh man, I don't know if I think I could get at least two yards on one play, but I think my net total would be less than two. Like I think I'd get tackled for loss more times than I would no. gain two yards.
1: With supposedly how however good I was offensive line is, I think I could have I think I could get more than two and a half.
0: Did you think that, that uh that punt return, did you think it was a fair catch?
1: No. No, they, they did get the refs kind of kind of messed that game up, I'm not gonna lie. If um even if he returns
0: that the under still hits. So Yeah. Um, that, that that's really all we care about. I didn't really care who won. Um, yeah. I think that I I disagree slightly. I, he was waving his arm and I, I don't know that it's one of those. So many guys I, do that, though. I don't know if I agree with the rule, but it it's I mean, it's called like you can call it. I'm shocked that they didn't call it, reviewed it and then reversed it because they're at Iowa. I mean, they were like. <laughs> they had to have gotten like chased out of town. Like people yeah. were throwing beer cans on the field. Um yeah, that's, and, and up. that's for Midwesterners, Tanner, that's bad. <laughs> Can you imagine what would have happened if that happened? Like if that was in the SEC. Oh dear. Like no. that stadium's getting burned down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's that's tough for Iowa, but that's what happens when you I would not blame I, okay, I do have to say I would not blame the game entirely on the refs because if you only get two yards of offense and a half, um, there's more there's more issues than just the ref there. Um, I do also want to say before we get too far into the episode, um, sorry that this is coming out a day late. Um, I had to watch the Denver Nuggets receive their rings last night and beat the Lakers. Um, so that's that's why we are uh, recording on a Wednesday and dropping on a Wednesday as well. Um yeah. Tanner,
0: i I just have to say i am I'm shocked that you that you I look I understand wanting to watch the ring ceremony I, I are get we going that. back to are we going back to this but 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 you refuse or not refuse you played in an intramural basketball game instead of watching game what was what game was it I mean game five. Game five. Of the NBA Finals when your Nuggets won their first NBA we had championship, it. I
1: had it recorded. I turned my phone off. I didn't know that they won it until I got to watch it. So it was okay.
0: I, okay. I, I, I <laughs> you are a better man than me. I would not be able to do that if my team, it, when I'm not even going to say if anymore, when the Spurs are back in the NBA Finals, I'm, I'm sorry, oh, but everything when? is getting canceled. <laughs> it might be like five years but it's coming Wimby's preseason highlights were yeah it was kind of
1: ridiculous and and
0: speaking of basketball I will be watching the Spurs and the Mavericks here in about an hour
1: so oh heck yeah heck yeah baby Greg is back on to basketball okay well um I think that it's time that we dive into um week eight from the big 12 but Greg before that do you want to I guess, well, we can talk about our locks when we talk about the specific games. Um, But let's go ahead and start with uh, UCF visiting Oklahoma. This did not go how I expected at all. I was super impressed with UCF. Um, Also, I learned that it's – how have we been saying um, Plumlee's middle – or second name, I guess? We've been saying Reese. I think it's Rice. Rice. Uh,
0: Price like like yeah. the
1: university. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was I was very impressed. Um, they had a they had a huge touchdown play. Um, that the <laughs> the wide receiver got a taunting penalty on because he blew kisses to the OU sideline. Um, but I was I was genuinely surprised that this game was as close as it was. Um, although I am upset that OU won personally. That's personally not for the podcast. I'm glad that we have an undefeated team. Um, OU did not look as good as they have looked recently. What are your I, thoughts I on have, this one, I, Greg?
0: I have a lot. Um, okay.
1: Drop it. You know,
0: I'm, I'm going to give you my, my personal thoughts first, not not my objective thoughts. Um, okay. My personal biased thoughts are I'm, I'm glad OU won. I am. I'm glad because you want to know why, Tanner? Why? I want OU undefeated when they visit mm. Stillwater, Oklahoma, a week and a half from today. Because here, here's my personal theory: I think OU is a really good football team. I don't think they are an undefeated football team. I don't think they're good enough to go 12 and 0, even in what is a below average Big 12. I, I, they're not going undefeated. I, I mean, I you could put me on old takes exposed here in about five weeks, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and I would rather, much rather, OU slip up in Bedlam than in a random game against UCF. So, I don't know. I think it it, it was a really good game. Um, there had to have been, and, and I get that there was a bye week in between, but a little bit of Red River hangover for both OU and Texas. We can get to Texas later, but a, a little bit of that. UCF played well. Um, I'm I'm shocked this one was as close as it was. All if you look at all the analytics and all the like advanced grades, and there's a specific tweet I'm thinking of, and I and I forget what it's titled. Um, they should have blown UCF out. So this is one of those kind of like OU reverting back to what they did last year, which is they ended up in close games with teams that they shouldn't have been in close games with. Last year, they lost a lot of them, um, and they were lucky to pull this one out against UCF.
1: I mean, if I'm a UCF fan, I'm really upset at Gus Malzahn. They had a chance to tie the game with a two-point conversion and force overtime, and they ran a jet sweep pass. Now, the guy who received the jet sweep didn't even throw the ball – because they only had one wide receiver going out for the to to receive the pass. Like that that might have been the worst play call I have ever seen to try to tie a game or to force overtime. Like that that was such a bad play call. And if I like I said if I'm a UCF fan, I am so upset because we had a chance to knock off the number se- I think they were 7 last week. The number 7 team in the country you you're going to overtime. You you forced it. Gosh. That last drive that UCF had, they scored a touchdown, and everybody's like, okay, let's go to overtime. And sure enough, they couldn't even punch the ball in from the three. You try to run a trick play. OU snuffs it out. Game over. That's so frustrating. Yeah,
0: there have been some really awful two-point conversion calls that that I have seen across the country this college football year. I think offensive coordinators and head coaches, I think they're trying to get too cute. And and get the defense going one way and then you're going the other way and 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 get the walk in touchdown guys, two and a half yards or three yards, whatever it is. You should be able to run. I'm not saying just running up the middle, because I mean, that's that's not you know, that's probably not going to work, but you shouldn't have to do a double reverse Philly special like it, it it's not that. It should not be made that complicated. Um, Anyway, um, the taunting, Tanner, the only other (laughs) thing I have to say about that, uh, hilarious. But I will say, and I said this when we were talking about Iowa, Minnesota, if you are going off of the rules, and I understand Brent Venables was crying. It was kind of funny. Brent Venables is right. That should have been called down in the field field of play. If the taunting occurs before the guy gets in the end zone, I don't know what the exact rule is. But he's basically called down. I think it's a 15-yard penalty from wherever the taunting occurred. Mm, I didn't know that. So the only reason I know this is because two years ago, uh, Oklahoma State, when they lost in Ames to uh, Brock Purdy and Iowa State and that crew, I think it was Xavier Hutchinson, uh, got open on a post route, caught the touchdown kind of high-stepped his way into the end zone, not nearly as bad as blowing kisses at the opposing team sideline. (laughs) And they called a taunting penalty on him, and they brought it, they reversed the touchdown, and they made him down at like the 20 or 25-yard line. Now Iowa State scored like a play or two later, so it ultimately didn't matter. Um, And Iowa State won the game, so it it had no effect on the outcome, um, just as this uh, non-flag or flag uh, had no effect on the outcome. But I just think that, that's a very gray area, kind of like the fair catch punt situation that uh, the Big Ten had going for itself. Um, that should probably be cleared up. And if you want my honest opinion, I mean, unless it's egregious, can we just not call taunting? Like in the NFL, I, you can do whatever I you agree. want to.
1: Tyreek well, Hill no, takes a really... backflips. So they, but Tyreek Hill got they got a penalty for that. Oh, they did. I, yeah, I but it's a, it's in force on the kick, so it's like not it's not that big of a deal. But um yeah, I didn't know that, but that's that is good to know. Okay, Greg, let's let's go ahead and talk about um my loss of lock of the week here. Um Cincinnati falls to Baylor 32 to 29. Cincinnati has yet to win a game in the Big Twelve. They are now two and five overall. Baylor's three and four. Um Really, Baylor controlled most of this game. At one point, they're up; they were up fifteen, uh, twenty-nine to fourteen. And then in the fourth quarter, Cincinnati scores scores twice. Um, and they try to make a comeback. Uh, Cincinnati kick has an onside kick. Sure enough, uh, Baylor recovers, and that's that. But I I really like the way that Cincinnati was able to fight back. But I also like the way that Baylor. Jumped out to to a good lead. Um, Blake, it was it was it was fun to watch. I do have to say, this was probably one of the best one of my favorite games to watch this weekend.
0: Baylor, um, or I'm sorry, Blake Shapen, just with another very Blake Shapen stat line. You know, uh, roughly in the sixty percent range completion percentage, three hundred yards, one touchdown. Um, nothing eye popping. Um, but, but I mean, he didn't throw any picks. He didn't turn the ball over. Uh, he even ran a touchdown. So very, a very Blake shape and stat line. And, um, they were relying on him to win this game. They threw the ball 42 times compared to only 28 rushes. They ran for 2.9 yards per carry. Um, didn't even, um, eclipse 100 rushing yards, whereas Cincinnati was kind of very much the opposite. Obviously, when they got down, they had to throw the ball, but um, they did—they ran for almost 300 yards in this game and 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 still lost. So uh, definitely promise from Cincinnati, uh, but I think this just goes back to kind of what I was saying last week in that when I see these 50-50 games and I'm not really sure who to pick unless I feel you know strongly one way or another. Until next year, until I'm proven otherwise, I'm going with the uh, original, the the legacy, uh, if you will, Big 12 team, um, because yeah. I just don't know if these new teams are um,
1: up to that level yet. That's that's a great point. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I Cincinnati's rushing offense, you know, has caused problems for for teams this year but they haven't been able to capitalize on it. So I think their are two starting running backs, both run for over 200 yard or excuse me, both run for over a hundred yards. Um, but then Emory Jones can't, it's it's not the wide receivers. It just seems like Emory Jones can't connect with his wide receivers. Um, he throws for under 60, essentially he threw for 65% comp- completion percentage. But yeah, Greg, like you said, the legacy Big Twelve programs, uh, I think, will pull out most more close games than not. Um, I did expect Cincinnati being at home to have some some sort of advantage there, but obviously that didn't play out the way that I thought it would.
0: Tanner, I have to say, and I I I was gonna bring this up in the beginning, but I totally forgot. Uh, I had a six and zero week. Did that you, is oh you that did. Is, Around the twelve podcast uh, that that has not happened since we have been recording.
1: Well um, done, so I, Greg. I had to I had to point that out. Well done. Um, I I what I did pretty well as well. I went what? I think I went five and one, and my one pick was my one loss was Cincinnati. Maybe four and two. I don't know. Did, did we did we both pick BYU? I think we did. Yeah. Because yeah. I I'm still not on tech. I, once again, I'm proven right that Tech is not <laughs> the darling of the Big 12. Okay, Greg, let's go ahead and talk about the afternoon slate of games. Um, let's go Texas visiting Houston. This was so, so much closer than I thought. And I got to be honest, Greg. Why? Why are we still letting middle-aged men decide where to spot a football? Why are we doing this? Why are we playing this game with chains and sticks? Come on. We are in the 21st century. Let's put some technology into the football and know exactly where the ball – how far the ball went forward. Houston got screwed. I've been gentle with this, but Houston got screwed. I second that and –
0: um. I will add to that fact, and we'll get to it in a second. It did not affect the outcome of the game, unlike this call. But the uh, field goal in Morgantown, Oklahoma we'll State, get kicks, a, we'll get kicks a field goal. Yeah, but just adding to your point of we're relying on the on the naked eye and on three random dudes with some chains to figure out how to spot the ball when clear as day the, you know, million and a half people watching live on TV can see that he crossed the line. and It wasn't even close. It, it literally was not even close. Um, But kind of backtracking a little bit, Texas, Texas went up 21 to nothing in the first quarter. And just completely just shut down. Like, I, I genuinely think it, it was they could have left the stadium. And the result would have been the exact same. Um, I thought this game was going to be a blowout. I did not foresee it being close. I'm looking, I'm watching the OSU game. I looked out at the bottom line. I see Texas 21, Houston nothing. I'm like, oh gosh, hope it doesn't get ugly. And then all of a sudden, Houston slowly starts to crawl back and um, credit to them for not quitting. Uh, But Texas is not a good look, Uh, not a good look at all. And then to add to that, to add kind of you know salt to what already is not not a great win. Uh, Tanner
1: Quinn Ewers is going to be out for a little while. Yeah, a nice uh, AC joint sprain. It's gonna. I think it's going to be two two weeks. Um, this is also not the first time that he's had sh- a shoulder injury um, in the middle of a season. Last year he was sidelined for um, I want to say three weeks after, I think after. It was longer than that. It might have been longer than that, but after. Um, He took a hit in their Alabama game last year. Um, So, yeah, this is not the first time that he's had an injury on that throwing shoulder. But, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. So, uh, like you said, Greg, Texas went 21 21 points unanswered. Then Houston also went 21 points unanswered. I was so confused. Um, But, yeah, I was genuinely impressed with Houston. Um, Not necessarily their defense because – Like we said, they gave up 21 straight points, but, um, I was impressed with Donovan Smith. He had a very strong game. He did. I mean, when you're down 21, you got to throw the ball to get back in the game. He threw 46 times, um, only giving up one interception and three, three touchdowns. So, um, he had a nice solid game, but yeah, I, I am genuinely upset that we are still doing this. Like. I get it. You don't want to change. You don't want to change the nature of the game, but you have to this. There's been too many instances where uh, the ball goes over the upright or the ball crosses the line, but then the refs have a poor spot like We cannot we cannot continue to rely on. um, I don't want to be rude to any refs, but we cannot rely on some potentially poor sided people spotting the ball. That's all I'll say. Um, okay, I had to I had to let that out there, but yeah, Texas is now they move to uh, six and one now after that win at Houston. Okay, Greg, um, I think you and I are both slightly, maybe very excited to talk about this game. Oklahoma State visits West Virginia in Morgantown and pulls out uh, a surprising win. Maybe I don't know how you would explain it, but forty eight to thirty four with. Ollie Gordon just running all over West Virginia. He goes for 282 yards and four touchdowns. Um, let's see. Three of those came in the fourth quarter, which is just ridiculous. Um, Garrett Green played very well, I thought. I thought he played very well um, compared to how he had played in the past, and he also ran the ball very well. Um, going for like 350 yards of total offense which is pretty impressive
0: yeah this one started i mean this this was a weird game um sorry my my uh my computer's freaking out so let's see you're good all right you're back it just took me i couldn't see you anymore all of a sudden um no this was a really weird game so it starts off uh oklahoma state gets a three and out on defense west virginia has the punt and then oklahoma state busts the punt um which weirdly enough, West Virginia did the same thing in the third quarter. So it it was, it was a really good game. It was back and forth. Um, It was, it was like a classic Morgantown game where like, it's, it's just kind of a, it's just kind of a scrappy game and it's cold and it starts to rain in the fourth quarter. And i mean it, it, it could go either way um but Garrett green like you said he did play a really good game um i mean obviously the story here is ollie gordon uh just completely i mean he ran 282 yards is ridiculous
1: is ridiculous that um, dare i say dare i say no i'm not gonna say it i'm not gonna say it no. don't mind Alan, me. Keep, keep going Alan bowman too had a
0: very uh I had had a solid game, um, threw for two hundred, little over two hundred yards, two touchdowns, had one pick. Um, Tanner, I think it's time to start talking about slight big picture. Oklahoma State is a contender. I'm I am
1: fully back
0: on board. They are <laughs> they are a contender.
1: For those for those of you. Who are maybe finding this podcast just on your podcast feed, and you've never listened to an episode of Greg and I talk before? We are Oklahoma State graduates, um, and we ride the roller coaster of the cardiac cowboys. Um, it is a wild ride, but Greg is finally hopping back on. I've been on for the I I think since uh, since they beat Kansas State, but no. Let me just clarify. I've been I've I've been on too. Mm-hmm. I just I have not. Explicitly said
0: it on the podcast, and I have not explicitly said that that we would be contenders in the conference championship game. I thought that was still a little bit of a long shot, uh, and, and
1: until this past week, so I don't know. I mean, I think let's let's be honest. Um, I believe that Oklahoma State is going. It's going to take Oklahoma State, um, beating OU in Bedlam, and it's going to take another. Iowa, Iowa State loss in conference play. So I don't think where, they'll have to worry about the second part. I'm I'm not sure they will either, but I'm just stating the facts that yes, while they are playing like a contender now, it's going to take other people to do um, to take some losses as well. So uh, it's they Oklahoma State doesn't necessarily con- control their own destiny um, in that sense, but still a very very good game from Oklahoma State. Uh I think I said last week that Oklahoma State is maybe finally starting to figure out their defense a little bit still no. Um I think I I lied last week, I guess. I didn't lie on purpose. I just um they just did not show um the ability to stop big plays. I think that's still what what's hurting Oklahoma State the most is the just giving up big plays whether on the run or uh, through the air, but yeah, giving Mostly up 34- through the
0: air. They they really have not given up much on the on the ground. Garrett Green did have a couple nice runs, but really it's it's just been through the air, and it's one of those things where I think it's because it's been a consistent thing, it's now a problem, and it's one that may not be easily fixable. However, it's not a the watching. Oklahoma State games. It does not seem like the opposing offense is consistently moving the ball down the field. They'll go three and out two times, and then they'll have a 45 yard touchdown pass the next drive, and it just kind of kills those two three and outs that you that that you got the momentum from those two three and outs. So again, if they can if they can limit the big plays, if they can even cut them in half, um, I mean mean, you're looking at a team that could could play in
1: Arlington in December. Yeah. Most definitely. Okay, Greg, let's go ahead and talk about uh, Texas Tech visiting BYU. Uh, I did m- mention last week that I might have been able to go to this game. I was not able to, but I still was able to watch. And sure enough, uh, BYU pulls out a-, a nice solid victory against Texas Tech. BYU is now 5-2, and two, Greg. Uh, pretty similar records to uh, some other teams in the Big 12. Now, Big 12 rankings. For those who don't know, Big 12 rankings are based on your conference record, not necessarily your overall record. Uh, so that's just something to keep in mind here. But BYU wins 27 to 14. At one point, BYU was up 27 to seven, um, basically from the end of the third quarter through the middle of the fourth quarter, and then uh, Texas Tech scored uh, one more touchdown. But yeah, I I think that this this game, personally, if you ask me, is more about Texas Tech's inability to do anything with their third-string quarterback.
0: Yeah, they, they've they been really hurt bad um, by quarterback injuries for the last couple of years. And this was something I said last week. I know BYU has um, got a solid defense, and they, and they've got one that can force turnovers. They forced five on the day um and, and including three interceptions so uh Jake Strong he showed promise at times um but when you're hovering around a 50% completion percentage and throwing three picks that's not going to win you very many ball games so honestly I don't I don't have much to say on this game other than Tanner we were texting before um recording and and you said something uh, that that just I think summed up my thoughts perfectly is that BYU is the most consistently inconsistent team yes in the conference. They don't make sense. I can't figure them out. One week I have them as my lock and the next week i'm they're losing by thirty. Um, it, it they don't make sense and we'll get to it. but um I'm very curious to see what happens when they visit Austin this week. very curious.
1: yeah, it'll it'll definitely be interesting, um especially with uh, Texas having their backup quarterback back in. Yeah, this was just this was just an odd game because it's really interesting. So like BYU uh, gains 277 yards of total offense, which is not good. Your quarterback should be able should be throwing for that. Um, and Texas Tech gains 389 yards of offense, but they only score 14 points. Like this is this is just such a weird game. But like you said, Greg, when you throw three picks and have two other fumbles, um, that is that is. Difficult to overcome. You lose the turnover battle five to nothing. That is incredibly difficult uh, for an offense to overcome. And then, Greg, let's go ahead and talk about the Battle of the Purples or um, the the Wildcats eating the Horn Frogs, I guess you could also call it, because Kansas State absolutely demolished TCU. 41 to three. It was just it just seemed a little bit unfair. Um, it was also really interesting for those who who watch this game and are kind of following along with Kansas State's trajectory this year. Um, Will Howard, and oh gosh, what's uh what's their backup? Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson. So they went they went um, every other drive, and I thought that that was interesting. It gave um it definitely gave TCU's defense some fits because one you got Will Howard who is a more competent passer. Avery Johnson, but Avery Johnson is just an absolute speedster. So it's, it's honestly like you're playing against two different offenses in the game and you have to figure out who's, um, which quarterback you're, you're playing for or you're playing against. So that's, and Will
0: Howard can run too. I mean, he had four carries for 62 yards. Uh, Avery Johnson, obviously the more consistent runner, they ran him 16 times, um, but, I mean, both Will Howard threw for three touchdowns. Avery Johnson threw for a touchdown. Will Howard had 150 passing yards. Avery Johnson was at 90. Will I mean, Howard had crazy. a few more pass attempts. But, I mean, if you, if you look at their combined numbers, the two of them combined went 15 for 26, 244, and four touchdowns. And the team ran for 343 yards, six and a half yards per carry, and one touchdown.
1: That's, that's nuts. Almost, almost 600 yards of offense. That is that's ridiculous. What is that? 687 yards of or 587 yards of offense. That is ridiculous. Um that's it's very 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 impressive. And TCU Josh Hoover is confusing to me. He's kind of kind of like um he's a I mean he's young, right? He's a freshman sophomore. Yeah, he's he's young, but what did he do last week? He he who did they who did t c u play last week they torched BYU, like torched b y u like we we're saying that none of those yeah. makes sense yeah he he tore up the b y u defense like either b y u s defense doesn't make sense or um jake oh gosh sorry jake strong them. yeah or jake strong just is inconsistent because he's young, which is probably uh it's a mix of the two, but yeah, Kansas state absolutely destroys t c u um yeah, Greg. You and I, you and I did very well this week. I think I went five and one because I I picked um, Cincinnati over Baylor, but we did. We had a we had a good week on picks. Oh, I
0: didn't even I didn't even call it out. <laughs> Oklahoma State was my lock, so that puts me at six and three, I believe, on the year. And I am uh, and opposite then, of that, and which I think we're just going to continue to rotate. So this is your week, Tanner. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> fine. I'll take it. I I, I think we've only had. Have we? I think we've had one week all year where we have both gotten our locks correct,
1: and then I think we also had one where we both got them wrong. So
0: yeah. So yeah. Do, Other than other than that, we we've split it one and one. So if you were tailing both of our locks, you would be down a lot of money
1: because <laughs> <laughs> we we've both only been right uh, together combined uh, once well, if this you, entire year. If you follow Greg's advice and then pick against me, then you'll <laughs> then you'll win some money. <laughs> You'd be doing really good. Um, I may or may not
0: have done that last week. <laughs> oh
1: <my gosh.
0: laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't personal, Tanner. I thought uh-huh, BYU was. Uh-huh. Go- or I thought Baylor was going to win. I felt good about that. I was. I was shocked
1: when you made Cincinnati your lock.
0: I just didn't say anything. We didn't talk about it beforehand. Um.
1: But yeah. Whatever you say. All right. Well, Greg, let's go ahead and throw a team or two teams on upset alert this week. Who do you have? And Tanner, I have to do it to them. I have to.
0: I don't want to, because guess who I want undefeated in Stillwater next weekend? Oklahoma. I want I want OU undefeated, but I am going to put them on upset alert. They are 10-point favorites at Kansas. Uh Tanner, this is a tough stretch for them. They played in the Red River game. They had a bye week. Then UCF took them down to the wire. Now they have to go at Lawrence, which We know we're huge fans of the booth on this podcast. The booth is a tough place to play. Kansas always plays better there. And then they have Bedlam. I think that, again, they're relying on Dale and Gabriel to make plays. They cannot run the ball very well consistently. um, And they're relying on their defense to uh, continue to get stops, um, which, again, this is like this is. This is the upside down, like this is the Stranger Things upside down. OU of three years ago was not stopping anyone, but they were running over everybody. Um, mm. Now it's 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 the complete opposite. So Jason Bean's still playing. I believe Jalen Daniels is. I, I think they said he's back to practicing, but with very limited reps and is and is highly questionable. I I, he, I, I think they confirmed Jason Bean was going to start, but. Um, Again, we're not talking about an average backup quarterback. I have to put OU on upset alert. Um, Kansas is homecoming, the booth. Uh, I I don't think it's sold out yet. I don't know why, but Kansas fans, you better get there because this could be one of your biggest wins in program
1: history. That's a great call out. And I'm going with the other um, team leaving for the SEC. I think Texas is going to be on upset alert this week. Um, Mostly just because Malik Murphy is going to be playing quarterback for Texas this week as Quinn Ewers is sidelined. Like we mentioned before. Um, Yes, Texas is still a very good team. Despite uh, Malik Murphy, they have uh, Jonathan Brooks as their running back. And he has, he has been one of, if not the best running back in the big 12 this season. Um, But, this, I don't know. Like, like, like Greg said, um, BYU is the most inconsistent or most consistently inconsistent team probably in the nation. Um, I'm gonna put Texas on upset alert.
0: If if you get the good BYU, I mean, this game is gonna be. You have a backup quarterback for Texas. If you get if you get the good version of BYU, they've already proven they can win on the road. They beat Arkansas in
1: Fayetteville. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's my point. It's like they're not. And and as a former independent, unlike the other new schools, they had to play good teams throughout their entire year um, to be considered in the top 25 or make it to a bowl, like make it to a good bowl game. They had to play uh good teams throughout throughout the course of the season so that, yeah, they could they could make it to a decent bowl game or be ranked in the top 25. So they're not. um playing good teams is not unknown to them they but yeah they're used
0: to the power five uh, a a, ver, a different version of a power five schedule the grind right. that, that right. it takes
1: yeah so they they're yeah they're not they're not new to tough tough environments so i'm gonna put texas on upset alert there okay greg let's go ahead and pick the games once again we have um we have six games this week we will start we actually have oh wow I didn't even realize this. We have three games at the 10 o'clock slate. Um, So we're going to pick these games. And then I'm going to ask you, Greg, uh, if you have two screens, which two are you going to which two games are you going to have on? So Mm. take a second to think about it. But let's go ahead and pick Oklahoma visits, Kansas. The booth is going to be packed. It's homecoming. Um, Greg, you put Oklahoma on upset alert. Who are you going to pick in the game?
0: I am still going to stick with Oklahoma. Um, even with everything I said, um, I'm I, I still think they find a way to win this game. Um, but I think it comes at a struggle. I, I think it comes at a struggle and I think that it only. Um, I, I'm Look, Tanner, I'm just drinking all the orange Kool-Aid and I am trying to speak this into existence. I think it comes. I think their win this week comes at a struggle and, and, and you know maybe maybe they're a little maybe they're a little tired uh, two weeks from now when they play OSU. but
1: um anyway, I'll take OU. you. What about you? I'm going back and forth right now. I'm struggling with this homecoming homecoming games are a dangerous drug. I will say that because teams do crazy things on their homecoming, mostly because of the atmosphere. Um I'm gonna go Kansas here um. It could be a little bit of a reach and I'm okay with that. I have not had a good year, honestly, picking games. So we're just going to continue that or I'm going to look like a genius. Either way. I'm good. (laughs) Um, Okay, Greg, let's, let's go ahead and talk Houston visiting Kansas state. I'm going to go first on this one. I'm taking Kansas state. This one's pretty easy to me. It's a pretty big spread. So I I would not say that um, that number seems enticing to me, but I, I am going to be taking Kansas State on this one.
0: I will also be taking Kansas State. I I will say, now that I think about this, um, Kansas State's secondary has struggled this year, and Houston, obviously, not afraid to throw the ball. I mean, Donovan Smith only almost threw for, almost had 50 pass attempts last week against Texas. So I think the game plan for Houston is fairly obvious, um, and if they can hit on some big plays, they can keep it close. But Tanner, I don't think there's any way they're stopping that. It doesn't matter if Avery Johnson or Will Howard goes so out there. I don't think they're going to stop them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very, very good run game from Kansas State. Okay, Greg. Uh, West Virginia visits UCF. UCF is currently a seven-point favorite. Um, who do you have here? This, this this is tough for me. Why why don't you take this? One? Why don't you go first? Okay. Um. I think if John Rice Pumley plays like he did last week against OU, I would take UCF. Is he is he hurt? <laughs> no. Uh, he's back. He played he played last week. He played well. I think he's I think he's healthy. Um I'm also waffling back and forth on this one. I'm gonna go with West Virginia. I've called them my second favorite team in the Big Twelve. I'm gonna go with West Virginia and yeah. That that's what I got. As
0: as you were talking, I remembered what I said at the beginning of the podcast. So I have to listen to my own advice. If I can't decide, if I feel it's fifty-fifty, I've got to go with the with the OG Big 12 team. So I will also be taking West Virginia. Okay.
1: There we go. Uh Greg, now the afternoon slate. We got BYU visiting Texas. Um I put Texas on upset alert. I still think that they will but I I'm gonna say that Texas wins by three.
0: Mm, close, close game. Uh I, I, I agree with you. I think Texas wins. Um I think they went by more than three. I don't know if they cover that 17 and a half, but um I've got Texas and I don't know if we get the I don't know if we get the 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 good BYU
1: um this week. Fair enough. I yeah, it's it's tough to pick BYU games. Um, but it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see what Malik Murphy does, uh, in the quarterback position for Texas. Okay, Greg, let's go ahead and pick Iowa state visiting Baylor. Iowa state's currently a two and a half point favorite. This game is in Waco. Who do you have?
0: I've got Iowa state. Um, it was funny. This, this line originally came out and Baylor was favored by a couple points. Um, and obviously that swung very quickly in Iowa State's direction and now only you know, Iowa State's favored by two and a half again I like Iowa State's defense I like Rocco Beck I like what he's been able to do I don't think he's Tom Brady or anything but I like Rocco Beck <laughs> and I think I just don't think that Baylor's that good I think, I think Baylor and Cincinnati I know you mentioned that was a, a fun game to watch last week uh, Tanner, I think they're probably two of the worst teams in the conference, besides maybe Texas Tech. Um, I think Iowa State takes care of business
1: on the road. Okay. I I also have Iowa State here. Um, I th- Do I have Iowa State? Yeah, I have Iowa State. I, I can't go back and forth here. I, I, I like the way that Rocco Becht is playing. I like the way that Dan Campbell has responded to that guy telling him that he's on the hot seat um i matt Matt campbell Campbell. did i say dan campbell sorry that's the lions coach right yeah yep yep that is the lions coach sorry (laughs) you looked at me with confusion and i was like wait what did i say yeah no sorry matt campbell not dan campbell okay greg and then the night game cincinnati visits oklahoma state um for those of you who don't know and didn't go to oklahoma state uh it's america's greatest homecoming this weekend so there's gonna be what would you say close to a hundred thousand people in Stillwater, a town that's normally <laughs> has forty-five thousand people in it, including the students. So you're talking easily doubling the population of of uh, Stillwater. So, Greg, who do you yeah.
0: have? Yep. Uh. Yeah. A hundred thousand people will be in 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 uh, good old Stillwater, Oklahoma, including myself. Uh, I've got Oklahoma State. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I think Cincinnati is one of the one of the bottom teams in the big 12. Uh, They, they can keep this close. If they, if Oklahoma state continues to allow big plays, Uh, Emory Jones is not necessarily, he's not really been relied on to um, beat teams deep this year, uh, more so uh, on the ground. Um, But I don't know. I like Oklahoma state. The seven and a half point line kind of gets me a little bit. I'm a, I'm a little confused. It's it's kinda low. I when when it I thought this would be more of like the 10, 10-and-a-half 10 range. Um so there may be some hesitancy um, on Vegas' end to buy into Oklahoma State.
1: Meanwhile, I'm all the way bought in. Uh, so I'll <laughs> take the pokes. All right. I'm also going to Oklahoma State here. Um I I think that this is uh this is gonna be fun. It's also going to be new for Cincinnati playing uh, against Oklahoma State. Um, It's going to be a a very, very, very loud and excited atmosphere. Homecoming in Stillwater is one of the best times of the year, if I may say so myself. They did Cincinnati
0: no favors with their uh, first two conference road games going at BYU. I mean, it's been like a month because they had a bye week in between that. And then they've had three home games since then. But at BYU and then and then at Oklahoma State uh, on their homecoming game. Uh, I will say the only thing that throws a wrench into this, and this is because I'm trying to I'm trying to plan it for myself, Tanner, uh, is a good chance of rain in the forecast. Uh, so let, let, let's let pray that doesn't happen. I think if you're Cincinnati, you may want that to happen because uh, that that could uh, lower the uh, excitement level of the crowd, maybe maybe uh, maybe a few people will uh, not be in attendance if that's the case. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, it, it should it should be a good game. It should be fun. Um, back to that 11 a.m. time slot, though, you mentioned who would I have on my TV? It's yeah, definitely. It's definitely oh, even Kansas on one. And, and I don't think I'm flipping that unless it's a blowout uh, on the other. It's got to be West Virginia and UCF um, unless Houston can somehow keep that close. Uh, I think West Virginia and UCF is the is the closer of the two games, and and Tanner, I'd, I'd much rather watch a
1: game that's interesting in the fourth quarter, regardless of who it is, than a blowout. Yep, I I actually would totally agree agree with you there. Once again, it'll be really interesting to see what Kansas State does with their with their double quarterback situation that they got going on. Uh, but yeah, Oklahoma and Kansas, and then West Virginia and UCF will definitely be on my radar uh, Saturday morning. Okay, Greg, who is your lock of the week? Look, Tanner, I have not done this all year.
0: I have not gone with the same team in back to back weeks. And we are, this is our 10th lock. But I've got to go with Oklahoma State. I, I Ride have the to. wave. I am drinking the Kool Aid. I am all in. I think seven and a half is disrespectful. To an Oklahoma State team that has uh, won uh, fairly convincingly in the last three weeks. Now that Kansas game was a nail-biter. Um, Tanner, Cincinnati's no good. I I'm I may completely jump on this podcast next week and regret this, but uh, I've got Oklahoma State minus seven and a half. Um, give me the pokes and give me the points.
1: Okay, there you go. Um, Greg? I mentioned that I'm taking West Virginia to win. I'm also definitely, definitely, definitely taking West Virginia to cover. Um, West Virginia is a seven-point underdog on the road in Orlando. Um, I have the Mountaineers here. They played pretty well last week against Oklahoma State, but it's tough when you give up 280-something rushing yards to one guy. Um, So I think that they'll have a a nice bounce-back week, especially playing against one of the Big 12 newcomers. So. I don't know, Tanner. UCF's wearing their Disney jerseys. Does that have a Does that have an impact? They on can wear UCF can wear their Disney jerseys. They can wear their space uniforms. I don't care. I will be taking West Virginia. Yeah, I
0: I I'm ready. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good week. I'm a i am I am kind of surprised at that at that UCF line. Are we again like? I don't understand what some of these newcomers have done to deserve some of the respect in the, in, in the Vegas lines. Um, I mean, I, again, UCF played very well against OU. I give them credit for that. Tanner, they're still Owen 4 in conference.
1: Talk to me when you've won a conference game. <laughs> I I don't disagree with you. I also saw some fun things on Twitter today uh bashing UCF fans for their hot takes before the season started uh telling all the all the original Big 12 schools that that the new king is coming i guess if you can call it that but well
0: we've got one with uh and, and i think they'll be much better than UCF but i believe Utah fans are saying the same thing i mentioned this last week i'm pumped to get those four the four corner schools into the conference and just kind of see how they fare um also Uh, Completely off topic. Um, But Brett Yormark, the uh, Big 12 commissioner, he did mention that he is hopeful that the 2024 football schedule will be released sometime in November or December. So, Tanner, I'm looking forward to that. We are definitely going to have to do a breakdown like we did last year. Because I, I had a lot of fun with that. We circled, we circled some games. I honestly don't even remember what games we circled. Um, but I, again, I, I know they were good and, you know, we're covering them all now. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped to get a kind of a glimpse as to what that schedule is going to look like. Are they going to, I, they're not going to do divisions or um, pods or anything like that from, from what I'm aware of, but do they kind of stick with those regional matchups? Do they just send the four corner schools to
1: Florida and West Virginia I'm excited to see. Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting. I'm excited for that. Um, Greg, other than that, do you have anything else you want to tell our good listeners?
0: Uh, join me in 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 praying that it does not
1: rain on America's greatest homecoming. There you go. You heard it here first. Um, everybody, be sure to follow us on Twitter at around the underscore twelve. Also on Instagram at that same tag, and then on Facebook, we are Around the Twelve Podcast. Um, you could also, Greg, I don't know what your, uh, what your Twitter account is like your personal one, but you can look us up probably Greg Hawker and Tanner price on Twitter and find us fairly easily. Um, Yeah. Make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family who care about the Big 12. And even if they don't care about the Big 12, please share it with your friends and family. Uh, We would love to have new listeners. And please, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, we would greatly appreciate that. Okay, everybody, we thank you. We love you. Goodbye.